Oh, thank you, Celeste. And thanks, Dave, as well, for your story, which really ties well into what I'm going to say today. And I didn't actually know what Dave was going to say, but I knew that he had a good story to tell. I think I know you all, um, but my name is Beck, and um, I'm the congregation leader here now at Mary Creek Anglican Clifton Hill. And this is a good day for us. Our Sunday Funday crew is over here. There are some people who are new to us, and I want to welcome all of you very warmly today for our relaunch Sunday. <clears throat> and we've got a few reasons to celebrate today. Firstly, as Catherine said, we sent over 50 people to Fairfield about a month ago to plant a new church. That's a lot. And the news is that it's going really well. So you can all go, phew. <laughs> and yay, this was a risk worth taking, and we should celebrate that, that we have done this. And secondly, look at us. We haven't fallen apart. We took the risk, and we're still going. We're going to still figure things out for a while together, I think, but I feel that the vibes are good here. And uh, in the last few weeks, what I've noticed is a new kind of energy, a real kindness, um, a new vulnerability, which I think we just heard in Dave sharing his story, and a working side by side to fill the gaps that are here from the people that we miss and have sent out to, Fair to Fairfield. I want to thank you too. Uh, for being patient with me and ask you to keep being patient with me as I learn what it means to lead our congregation. The third thing is we want to celebrate today because we have got some new ideas and dreams for being Mary Creek Clifton Hill. We've got those five focus points. We've got this desire to build connection with our local community, to be good neighbours to the Brotherhood of St Lawrence aged care people across the road, we want, after those years of lockdown, to be hospitable people, to start to open the doors of our homes and our church again. And we want this Sunday service to be a place where people can walk through the door and be welcomed and find what we do accessible and spiritually nourishing. And we also want to take care of this beautiful world that God gave us, to be good stewards for ourselves and for the generations to come. God made this world for us to live in and enjoy. These are really good goals, and we want to celebrate that today. Those ideas and dreams we have, they come out of our whole Merry Creek Anglican Church vision, and the statement, the, the overriding statement is to be a church that cultivates life in the neighbourhood. And why do we care so much about this, about cultivating life in the neighbourhood? It's because we know Jesus. As a church, we believe that Jesus is the source of all life, now and into eternity, and that his desire is to renew and cultivate life in us by the Holy Spirit. And that as people who are connected to him, we take part in his life-giving, life-changing project for all people in our own small way, in this time and place. Now, those things I just said about Jesus are really big things to believe, aren't they? To say about a man who lived 2,000 years ago. 
And we only come to believe in them as we keep finding out more, asking our questions and taking steps to activate faith in our lives and together. And I chose these stories from Luke's Gospel today because I think they show us three really important things to know about Jesus the life giver as we step out um, in this new era for Mary Creek, Clifton Hill. Now, if you're not used to reading the books of the Bible, I just want to, as an aside, say, take a moment to appreciate that Luke, who wrote this book, did not write it like J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter, okay? He wasn't writing like a magical story, making it up for us to enjoy. If you go right to the beginning of Luke's book, he says, I've made an orderly account here. I've investigated everything about Jesus from eyewitnesses, and I'm writing the story down. So it's more like a biography, an historical biography of Jesus and the things that he did that real people saw him do. And he did really extraordinary things. In that first story, Jesus healed a really sick person. And then in the next story, he raised someone back to life. You might want to have it open as I talk about it. These are totally amazing things. And we start to wonder when we read this, who is this Jesus? What is he about? The first thing I want us to notice is that Jesus is someone who can work very powerfully in the lives of people, even at a distance. Did you notice in that first story that not only did Jesus miraculously heal someone who's on the brink of death, but he's not even in the same place as them when he does it. He never sees him. He never touches him. He never even met the man who asked him to heal him. And I was thinking, if this was a movie, I think it would be called Three Degrees of Separation. Okay? So you've got the Roman centurion, his servant is sick, he gets a messenger and he sends for help, and Jesus comes to heal him. But then the centurion sends word again. He says, you don't need to come here. Just say the word, and I know that he'll be healed. Now, that centurion was an officer in the Roman army. He was a very powerful man, probably. He knew what it meant to give orders and people do what you say. And he had somehow come to believe from watching Jesus that he could say a word and even diseases would obey him, that he could heal people like this. And the story shows us that he was right. As soon as Jesus says the word, the man is healed and he's not even in the same house. The power and authority of Jesus is really amazing. But did you notice in the story that Jesus himself is amazed, isn't he? He's amazed by the centurion's faith. This is a man who can trust Jesus and he hasn't even met him and he's not even seeing him face to face. And when I read this story, I think it's kind of cool for us because this is the kind of faith that we need to have in 2022 in Clifton Hill, isn't it? We need to believe that Jesus can work powerfully in us and through our church, even though we have never seen him face to face. Though we're separated by time, the eyewitness accounts like Luke in the Bible and the work of God's Spirit are enough for us to trust in him for all we need and for our community. 
we can have this amazing faith. The second thing is that Jesus, this powerful life giver, came into the world to help everybody. Did you see at the start of that story, Jesus has been teaching his usual crew of disciples. I'm going to call them the in crowd, all right? They're all Jewish. They're all Israelites. Jesus is a Jew. And he's been teaching and healing many people from his nation. But at this point, the in crowd come up to Jesus and go, do you think you could also help this guy, his servant? He's not actually one of us. And straight away, Jesus goes on the path to help him. Jesus came for outsiders too. Now, are you an insider or are you an outsider? Just think about that. How do you see yourself as it comes to Jesus? If you've grown up in the church or you've been around Christianity a long time, you might feel like an insider because you've experienced God's grace in your life and you've settled in here. And that is a really beautiful thing. But it's good to remember that all of us at one time or other were outsiders, right? You might have been surprised by Dave's story then to hear him talk about that experience before and after he really came to know Jesus. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus came for all people, the obvious ones and the not so obvious ones the ones who have a heritage of faith, and the ones who've never heard of Jesus. The people who feel at ease here, and those of you who might feel not quite right. You know, it doesn't matter if you're new, or you've been here a long time. What I want you to hear today, that is Jesus is interested in you. He is for you. He will be responsive to any invitation that you give him to be at work in your life. I really love hearing your stories. I love hearing Dave's stories. And it is really exciting when you meet someone who has had a kind of big change meeting Jesus. They've met Jesus later or they've rediscovered him because we see the power of Jesus at work in those stories, don't we? For those of us who feel like insiders, who've known Jesus a long time or grown up with it, that is a huge blessing. But what I want to encourage you to do is to be like the in crowd in this story and go to Jesus and advocate for other people. In your prayers, will you bring to Jesus the people you know who need to know him and need the life that he offers? Jesus is for everyone. And notice now, let's go to that second story, that he's especially interested in helping people who are downcast or in trouble. See, in this story, Jesus helps a woman who hasn't even thought to ask him for help. She's not even looking at him. But he goes to her. He sees her terrible grief and pain. This woman has lost not only her husband, but also her son. Really, for a woman in that time, that is everything. She is powerless. He sees her and he goes to her. And he says to her, don't cry. Now, we know from the first story that Jesus doesn't need to talk to you or touch you or be in the same room to work powerfully in your life. 
But in this story, Jesus comforts her and then he goes over to the bier, which is this thing they would have been, like a platform they would have been carrying the dead son on, and he touches it and he speaks to the dead body and he says, get up. Can you imagine being there that day? (laughs) Jesus saying, don't cry. That sounds a bit insensitive, doesn't it, to this woman? And then get up to a dead body. Well, the man sits up and he begins to talk and Jesus hands him back to his mother. Jesus is very powerful and he also has a deep compassion for those who are suffering. And if you are going through a hard time, please find consolation and comfort in this. Jesus cares especially for you. Pray to him. Ask him to be present with you. Or find someone who will do that with you. And he will come and work in your life too. So thirdly, Jesus is so powerful and so compassionate. What can this all mean? When Jesus raises the young man from death to life, the people watching respond like this. First of all, they're filled with awe. And praised God. They say, a great prophet has come and appeared among us. They think, this must be some really special messenger of God. But then they go one step further. And you can see it. We're in verse 16. They say, God has come to help his people. And then the news about Jesus spreads even further. They come to the conclusion when Jesus raises someone from the dead and not just heals him from sickness, that this is actually God come to help. Who else could bring life where there is death? And they start to share the good news. At the end of Luke's book, you probably know most of you that Jesus himself suffers and dies and rises to life again. And this totally confirms it for so many more people, that this is God come to help us, to bring us life in him and life forever. And then the news spreads further and faster, even to us here, now, today. Well, do you need God's help? Maybe you do feel like that woman that Jesus approaches, that you really do are aware of the sense of need for God to help you in your life. And again, I say, it's there, and let's talk and pray about that. But I think for many of us, sometimes it's tempting to think we don't need God's help. That centurion in the first story, he was a powerful man, right? He, he had status and comfort, I guess. He had servants. And most of the time, he would have been pretty much in control of things. And I think we're a lot like that, a lot of us. But when his servant is dying... Suddenly he knows he's something I cannot fix, right? And if the experience of the last two years has taught us anything, it's that actually, yeah, when it comes to the big things in life, we need God's help. We are at his mercy. And when we meet Jesus, we realise that actually God is powerful and kind and we can trust him. 
We can trust him for, to work in our lives and we can trust him now as we relaunch ourselves as Mary Creek Clifton Hill for the work we want to do as a church. So as we said about cultivating life in the neighbourhood, let's remember that all we do flows from our understanding and experience of the life we found in Jesus. Let's celebrate that today and let's praise him and speak about all he's done for us each week as we gather together and when we go out and serve in his name. Amen.